Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you. Hey guys, welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I'm so excited that you're here. This is going to be a really good one. This is one of my all-time favorites, seriously. There are so many mindset habits, hacks, absolute, like it's a course that you're going to hear today. So you're going to love this one. But before I jump in to them, I also want to let you know that I have what's called a mastermind. And some of you are familiar with what that is, but basically a mastermind is where a group of people get together and we really combined our resources, our expertise, and our networks. And we help each other blast off further, faster uh, through accountability, support, encouragement, and challenge. And so I've got a mastery mastermind that some of you have reached out about as you hear more and more, you know, of these episodes and or you follow me in social media, which I, I would love to connect with you there. So Facebook, Insta are my main platforms. LinkedIn, I'm also pretty active, but in terms of like the more personal stuff, it's Facebook, Insta. So, if so, you know, definitely hit me up there if we haven't already. But bottom line is that some of you have reached out and said, hey, you know, so I'm seeing all these posts on these masterminds. What is it? So I wanted to take a moment to mention that my mastery mastermind that I co-lead with Tony Robbins' top coach, Michael Nitti. He's been coaching for almost four decades and he is a true master in his craft and he leads and, and coaches privately some of, I mean, the world's, you know, top players in the world of sports and entrepreneurs and entertainers, you name it. He's got the who's who client roster, but he's just such a wonderful force of good. And I am I'm fortunate enough to have crossed paths with him. And he's my coach, FYI. He's my personal life coach. And I've been now co-leading this mastery mastermind with him for about six weeks, and it is off the chain. I mean, it is so good. So here's how it works. We meet every other Monday via a, a video conference platform called Zoom. So it's like Skype, but in my opinion, better and easier. It's free. And uh, whatever meetings you can't meet, they're 90-minute meetings. It's an, it's an intense coaching session to help you get after and stay optimized and fluid in your momentum to get after your goals that we clearly lay out through a questionnaire before you join the master. Mastermind. And those meetings are always recorded and then uploaded to our secret Facebook page. And so if you ever have to miss a meeting, you never miss out on the session or the coaching because it's always available to you. Anyway, that enrollment is open now. So if you are curious or you'd like more information, you can head on over to my website, which is Michelle-Sorrow, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-S-O-R-R-O.com. And you can get more information there. But I just wanted you guys to know because so many of you have reached out and said, hey, give me more information. And that group is so awesome. There's a lot of coaches in that group, a lot of top entrepreneurs in that group, and a lot of people just starting out. So it's a really nice, eclectic, balanced bag, <laughs> which I love. It's exactly what you would want. And, and I just think you guys are going to love it. So anyway, if you're interested, you can head on over and get it there. But speaking of awesome people, my next guest, to say that I'm honored that I got to cross paths with them is an understatement. You know how when you meet people or hear people like on a stage, which is where I first came across Carrie Campbell, and I mentioned that in our talk, I just knew she was the real deal. Like my soul 
understood her words to be of truth. And, and there was like a weight. Uh, you know how when someone speaks the truth, there's, there's something that feels weighty and substantial. That was this. So Brian Grosso and Carrie Campbell were the Brian and Carrie in the morning five-day-a-week live show that was on Facebook, and it was really cool, and they got thousands and thousands of people that tuned in, and they offered their daily mindset training and taught people how to eliminate their limits before kicking off their live tour last month. Now, episodes uh, for that show are still available on their Facebook page, so you can definitely check that out. Links are in the show notes, but obviously it's Brian and Carrie on Facebook. Now, they are the creators of the Eliminate Your Limits Mindset System, and they've spent decades together and individually in the trenches coaching and working with people on reaching their greatest levels of success and happiness in the areas of health, wealth, and relationships. They came together as a couple in 2009 with a fairy tale romance that makes Cinderella jealous, but speak openly about how that journey wasn't all rainbows in the beginning. They traveled through their own individual challenges in their relationship, health, and business to get to where they are today. And we talk about it in this episode and oh my gosh, we unpack how it really was and it's just Listen, you don't get a rainbow without a little bit of rain. That's what I love. Now, throughout and during this process, feeling the pull to a greater purpose of obligation to share their secrets with the world, that's where they are now. Today, together with their team, they are creating worldwide change in helping educate people to understand mindset and how it can truly change their lives through the implementation of their systems. And that's what we talk about here. Not only is it a lively, dynamic, super free conversation with genuine experts in their space, but you also get educated and you get the pieces to their four pillar mindset system, which I have been implementing since this conversation. You can probably hear my voice. I got a little bit of a cold. It's just annoying. Sounds worse than I actually feel. But this is uh, an intro recording about a week after we, we had our conversations. But I will tell you in this past week, I've been implementing these nuggets and there is something to be said for this system. It works. So I'm excited for you guys to get to listen because this one is truly special and I would love to hear your thoughts. So if you haven't subscribed, rated, and reviewed, by all means, head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast player and let us know, right? Like this is for you. This is all for you. So with uh, that being said, please meet Carrie and Brian. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. Oh, uh, you're the best. This is fun. We haven't even started yet. And we're yes. <laughs> well, that's because when like energy meets like energy, I'm like soulmates. Anyway, I'm very excited that you guys are here. And, and what's cool about this conversation is that it's our first outside of a couple of emails back and forth. But I want to let everyone know how I came across at least one half of the duo. I was at a summit a few weeks ago called Ever Coach, and it was like some of the most insanely prolific and influential speakers from around the world that were flown into Los Angeles. And I was fortunate enough to get to be in the audience and Carrie Campbell was on the stage and the true mindset expert that you are, Carrie, I was just like, okay, first of all, she's got to be on my show. Second of all, you just embodied and you were sick. Remember? You were so sick and you were like, you embodied such confidence, such authority, such power, but with empowerment. And you came from soul and substance. And I was like, 
I need to know her. And then when I find out that you've got this whole other half of the dynamic duo, I'm like, what? So I'm just obsessed with your story because now I've stalked you and I've obviously <laughs> done a ton of research. I love how you guys met. I love your backgrounds. And, and I want to dive into as much as we can in the next 45 minutes. You guys on board? Oh, yes. So I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. because, because we're not on video right now, it's worth noting for all your listeners that we are uh, naked drinking wine eating chocolate. <laughs> we're we're having that fun. Hey, that's the way we roll around here. <laughs> all my guests do that. Didn't you know that, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so clearly they're a lot of fun and they, they look as much fun as they are. You know what, Brian, what's so cool is that you guys are like tattooed everywhere. and got, I mean, Carrie, you've got a new hair color like every other week, it seems. I mean, what, what are you rocking nowadays i am currently rocking as of sunday a short copper bob yeah with the perfect my head is shaved yeah you, yeah. you left that part yeah out. It's, 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 copper <laughs> bob sounds kind yeah, of normal it's half a head shape and i just i had long hair it was all black i chopped it all off on sunday it was time for new right so a half of a head shaved now it's copper colored autumn right perfect for fall you guys are up north of montreal canada and and you're full of tattoos and and what's so cool is that i was watching some it was a video podcast a proper podcast show where Brian, you're describing how you met Carrie, actually what she looked like for the first time. And what I just described might not match up with what your impression of her was. I mean, can you use the words that you used? You don't know what I'm talking about, but I know you know what I mean. When you saw her walking across, I think it was the room or a parking lot and the words that you used to describe her. Well, you're good. (laughs) <laughs> well, You're good. it was I a visceral, it was visceral for me. I like got the chills and I'm like, oh yes, one day my man's going to say that about me. Man. <laughs> and you well, don't know, but this is my favorite story ever. So I love it when people ask him. <laughs> right. Okay. Well then actually let's back it up a few steps and let's start from the beginning. Cause I just got the chills. If this is your favorite story ever, then let's, let's unpack the whole thing. Cause it's, it's really special. I mean, how you guys came to be, it was so clearly meant to be. And then the fact that everyone's story is so unique, but yours truly is. But again, what you guys look like versus what his impression of you was just for me, it's just, it was the Holy grail of this is so perfect. I love, I, I just want to, Breathe this in for a okay. second. This is would you like me to tell Carrie? I don't tell the story. All you right. tell the story so I can listen I'll to it. I'll be as brief as possible, but give all the details. Um, <laughs> so in a former career, I was a performance coach in the sports performance athletic industry. And uh, I lived in Chicago, Illinois at the time. A rather small organization up in Montreal, Canada approached me about flying me to where they were so I could give a, a two-day seminar on this certification process that I had had founded. And so, I, you know, I, I'm from Toronto, Canada originally. I always enjoy coming home, so I, I happily accepted. You know, they flew me into Montreal, and the, the owner of this organization picked me up from the airport and, you know, said that she had made dinner, dinner arrangements for me and her staff, and if I was okay with that. And I was like, yeah, it sounds really nice, actually. I appreciate it. So we drove to the restaurant, and we were standing in the parking lot, and uh, she said, you know, we're just waiting out here until uh, my assistant, Carrie, comes. She is, you know, wait till you meet her. She's amazing. She's just the best. You know, I'm so fortunate to have this employee. And I'm kind of half listening at this point. And it's not because I'm hungry and tired. It's because from across the parking lot, I happened to notice this woman get out of her car and start walking towards where I was standing. And you got to understand, like, 
This, she was the most angelic, beautiful vision I'd ever seen in my entire life. I'm, I'm trying in the best way possible to concentrate on this person's story about who this Carrie person was who I was destined to meet and have to have dinner with that night. And then I realized that this, this delicious vision of a woman was actually walking towards me. And as she got closer and closer, she looked right at me and smiled. And in a heartbeat, I thought to myself, holy shit, is this Carrie? <laughs> and just, just when I thought that, you know, Carrie's then boss says to me, oh, here she is, Brian, this is Carrie. And I, you know, I, I pooped my pants, basically, <laughs> and uh, proceeded to dote and gawk over this woman for the next two days until I went home. That was back in 2006. Yeah. Some of the other words that you used to describe her on another's podcast was the grace and elegance that she moved with. And I was just like, oh my God, that is so beautiful because, you know, Carrie has got sometimes the shaved head and tattoos and, 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 and someone might not always put those together, but but we are all those things. And what you saw in her, then, you, you know, obviously then she could just radiate that to you. And, and it's just such a beautiful imprint, but you were not available. She was married. So that's not where the love affair began in the physical. It did not. No, we actually went three years without communicating at all. It's uh, that's I, no, crazy. Yeah. No texts, no phone calls, no emails, no nothing. Yeah. Uh, you want to add something? I was I was going to tell part of the story right now. Is well, that okay? How about I talk about the Minnesota accident? Okay, you yeah. tell that. So, well, <laughs> I, I, the catalyst that started it all, really. But you know, it's 2009 now, and uh, I'm still living in Chicago. I'm to speak at a conference in Minnesota, which is not you know a horrible drive from where I live. And so, because I was young and adventurous, and I hated traffic, I decided to drive from where I live to Minnesota for my, my speaking gig. And I left at two o'clock in the morning because, you know, I don't like traffic. Um, and, and I don't mean to be poetic with this, but, you know, it, it does paint an image for people. I want you to picture the darkest dark you've ever been in in your entire life because that's where I ended up. Now, I, w I was on the back roads of, of somewhere in Wisconsin, and it was full farmland. It was a two-lane highway. There was no street lights. There was nothing. I was perfectly happy driving through that until a deer crossed my path. You know, it struck the car. It was a small little Toyota Yaris. I turned over about three times in that car. Miraculously, I walked away. The car was all but totaled. And that's where the blackest of black was. I mean, if you, I had to walk 45 minutes to find a cell phone signal just so I could call 911. Oh, my God. In the middle of the night. Yeah, exactly. And the reason I bring that story up is because it was about a week later. I was back in my apartment in Chicago talking to my roommate. And, you know, when you have a brush with death, it kind of just puts some things in focus. And my roommate asked me, she goes, have you ever fallen in love with someone and not told them? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I have. Three years ago, her name was Carrie Campbell. And my roommate said, well, tell her now. And so I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's been nine years and I still love hearing that story. And just let me like throw in the rest of it there. You know, I was, uh, I was a single mom. I had two, two kids. They were two and four. I, I wasn't really, you know, into the dating world or anything like that, but I, I had just, I literally had just stopped seeing someone. And the next morning I wake up to a message from Brian Grasso and you have to appreciate like everybody listening has to appreciate what that meant in my world because at the time 
he was really what was considered the youth fitness guru of the world. Like he was the founder of the International Youth Conditioning Association. In my world, he represented the, the figurehead of the certifying company that, you know, I was certified under. So he was a, you know, he was a notable person in my world. And I woke up to a message from him that basically was saying, you know, I fell in love with you the day I met you. And it was much it was much more poetic than that because it was everything like what you just said. It was beautiful. It was poetic. You know, just to wrap that story up, the, you know, we got on the phone like three days later and we talked from nine o'clock at night to five o'clock in the morning, three days straight. And we always say that like the first night we had a feeling like this was it. The second night we knew it was it. And the third night we were making plans and we were actually engaged before we had even kissed. Oh my God, I didn't get that piece. Yeah, we committed, we committed to, we knew we were gonna be together. We knew we was gonna move to Montreal before we had actually seen each other again, live and in person, which is probably the craziest part of the story, but he moved up in February, 2010 and the rest is history. Oh my gosh. So Carrie, so what's happening for you when you are a single mom, you know, trying to bust your booty, make it happen, not really dating, kind of newly, you know, broken up from someone and you get a text from like, you know, basically the epitome of noteworthy and he's declaring his love. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, it, it's so interesting. It was really funny because I actually had a friend of mine who was staying with me at the time and I'll never forget, like, I still, by the way, I still have every single email he, we ever exchanged from back then. I pretty much memorized most of them. You know, I remember, I remember literally laughing like a schoolgirl and telling my best friend, I was like, you know what? I was like, Brian Grasso has a crush on me. And those were the actual words that he used. He's like, you know, I, I feel like I have a school age crush on you. You know, I, the best way for like, you have to understand, like I had come from an abusive marriage. It, it was a very long, like, you know, 13 years I had been with my ex-husband. I really had no interest in falling in love. Like when I left my ex-husband, my commitment was to myself and to my kids. And I really fully stepped into that. But it, there was, I, I, when you, you know, when you hear people say like, when you know, you know, that's exactly how I felt. Like I, I just knew that this was it. And so all of my trust issues, all of my fears, everything kind of just dissipated. And we, we just navigated from there. Like I, I just, I just knew. So maybe that's what it is. It's just like, sometimes we've got to not question what we're feeling and just go with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, I think in the time that I had, I had been single, I really had done a lot of self-growth and discovery to really be able to, to, to listen to myself and know that I wasn't you know, listening to the wrong voice, so to well, speak. Do you I, want to elaborate I, on that? I think you just said something very operative, and I, I don't know if that was meant as a segue, <laughs> but it was a solid segue into some mindset stuff. That was totally. impressive. Oh, yeah, thank uh, you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Karen, I, I love that you called my wife a mindset expert. She is. She's ridiculously educated and practically experienced in the whole concept. And I think one of the things that is very unique about – actually, I said very unique. Sorry, I have to stop the show. So unique means one of a kind. You can't be very one of a kind. That's a grammatical thing. I always have to note it when I say dumb things. Okay, I'm back. So I think one of the things that makes us unique is that we, we, don't, we don't parcel mindset 
the way I think a lot of other people tend to. Mindset is often mistaken with motivation, and they're very different things. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up is to say this. Intuition or gut responses or, you know, you know go with what you feel. These are common, you know, common things we all hear, we all think about, we all perhaps act on. And Carrie and I tend to be the, the lone survivors telling a lot of people, well, wait a second, though. Intuition is a gift. It exists. But you have to access it. And the reason, you know, access is the operative word there. We can go into the science of the enteric nervous system and the parasympathetic oversight of that nervous system. But we have an ego. In many cases, we have a lot of different ego roles we play. What what people often think is their intuition talking could be a fraction of their ego sending them messages that actually don't serve them at all. So I think in Carrie's case, and I don't, of course, I would never speak for you, but you are, you became Mm self-aware. Self-awareness is the panacea. It is the thing that allows everything else to work well. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I love that. And then if someone's looking, I mean, let's just go ahead and dive right in. If someone's looking for more self-awareness and they're not sure where to start, what is the gateway to self-awareness? Oh, you go first. Well, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I tend to be the blowhard. I will start. You should. You should pull. <laughs> um, well, look, Carrie and I talk about these four pillars. These are the four exercises we suggest everybody does every single day of their lives. Matter of fact, we still do them ourselves. Um, but one of the most important exercises in that four pillar set is something we call learn your language. Now. You know, we could take this a million different ways, but to to try to be as succinct as possible, uh, let me start by saying this. In your own head, that little voice or several different voices in your head, uh, I think people listening will relate to this very, very well. We speak to ourselves in a way that we would never allow anybody else to talk to us. We are mean. We are nasty. We are perfectionistic. We are vitriolic. We are horrible to ourselves by and large. And I think people know that, but I doubt they know the extent of it. Mm. Now, the extent is is the filler. That's the important thing. That recurring voice that that calls you fat or ugly or worthless or, you know, might as well just have the donut because you'll never lose the way you want, things like that. Now, I'll never be smart enough to have a successful business. If you hear that once in a while, we can tell you conclusively that that track is playing on repeat all the time. You're just not wholly aware of it. And it is, you know, Carl Jung, the father of modern day psychology, said it best when he said, unless or until we make the unconscious mind conscious, it will direct our actions and we will call it fate. Meaning we start to believe the story and all of our actions, habits, and behaviors align around that story, but we think it's just kind of destiny. Uh, essentially we're talking ourselves out of our happiness and out of our success and out of our relationships and out of our financials, et cetera, et cetera. So what we have people do is, is to increase self-awareness is to become acquainted, intimate with that language. What are you saying to yourself? Mm -hmm. And we have any number of ways of helping people over the course of a 24 hour period, really dive in to hear what it is they're saying to themselves then, of course, that leaves three other markers I'm sure you want to throw in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't leave so us that, hanging. 
so I, I will give you the other three, I promise. <laughs> um, I, I just want to actually add something, though, on the, on the topic of self-awareness. And I, I was actually just talking about this earlier today with our own coaches. Um, you know, I, I think that, right, you know, self-awareness is a very, um, like, it's not tangible, right? It's, it's something that when we talk about, it, it, it's almost like presented as this, like, this mystical thing that you can't touch but we all crave, we, we all want to have self-awareness. And, and I think that there, what we've seen a lot of in the self-help industry, in the personal development industry, is that people are really clinging to having self-awareness and they're seeking that feeling of it, that freedom, right? Because we're all born free and we want to return to that freedom that we were born into. But it's not just the process of deciding to become self-aware. And what I mean by that is I, I really think that what self-awareness is, is a skill that we can acquire. And I know that that seems so like counter what the term self-awareness is. Like self-awareness is so not tangible, but that I'm talking about it as a skill acquisition, right? And, and I really think that if we look at it that way, we were born free. We had all of these influences and these things like that happened and experiences in our life that took away, away that level of freedom and programmed our unconscious mind the way that it's programmed, you know, into negative, not serving ways. Now we can actually basically reprogram and retrain our minds to learn how to become consistently self-aware. And, and I think that when we look at it that way, it's really like easy to sink into the fact that, you know what, this is a skill that I can acquire. Self-awareness isn't just this elusive term that is untouchable and unreachable for me, right? So with that said, our three other pillars, which are all, you know, focused on deconstructing and reconstructing the unconscious mind, the three other ones really quickly are counting your wins, which essentially every day you're, you're stepping into the process of you know, looking at the things in your day that happened that are moving you towards your goal. So we're, we're, we're not counting gratitudes, but we're counting the things and the steps that brought us closer to where we want to be to help program the opposite side of the negative language that's surfacing in, in our unconscious when we're doing learning your language. Did you want to chime in on the other two? Well, you know what's funny about this? When I said the other three, I was referring to the other three ways we help people learn a language. Oh, look at that. And then you moved into the next exercises and four pillars. That's so cool. We were out of sync. Well, look at that. <laughs> no, you were completely in sync. It's perfect because I'm dying for the other pillars. And I knew that you were going to unpack learn your language a little bit more. But um, I, this is cool. So learn your language is a pillar. Counting your wins is a pillar. What are the other two? Imagine your outcome. That's a big one for us. Oh, yes. Well, they're all so equally important. Yeah, they are. We, we absolutely ask people to spend time in the imagination of what they want uh, on, a, on a daily basis. And, of course, it combines with very, you know, a variety of other things we, we bring into the, to the moments, be it kinesthetic, uh, auditory, et cetera. But, you know, it's a funny thing. We've had a lot of adults over the last number of years say to us um, – so wait a second, Brian and Carrie, you want me to uh, imagine mm -hmm. what it is I want from my life? And, and we're like, well, yeah. And they're like, isn't that kind of childish? So our answer, you know, because we could go the route of saying, well, childish is innocence and blah, blah, blah. But what we always sort of kind of hit back with is, have you ever been anxious before? Well, yes. 
Have you ever been afraid of anything? Well, yes. Well, then you're already using your imagination. Mm -hmm. And that's most people don't realize that fear mechanisms and mechanisms of anxiety are almost never related to immediate threat. They're, they're related to perceived threat. And perceived threat is imagination. So the fact is, and there's so much research and study on this, that something inordinate like, I don't know, 42% of our day or something like that, we actually are spending in our imagination. Mm. If that's true, then why not use it for the power of good? Exactly. Imagine what you want instead of what you don't. It's so it's such a simple tweak in our daily habits, but it, it's earth shattering. And of course, then if you're monitoring the other two pillars, because we haven't gotten to the final, um, right? And then you start to uncover the language around how you're feeding that outcome or not, right? Constructing or deconstructing. And then of course, counting your wins of any tiny, teeny action that is progress toward that outcome, right? I can, I can see how it all works together and how powerful the momentum really can be quickly too. You know, you sure, get like a hundred carry points yeah. and that's a thing that's a because thing. I, quite honestly, no one has ever sourced that before we've actually indi- like painted the picture of that. The so, four pillars are, they're, they're interdependent yeah. and they compound. That's, that's our thing. Mindset is not just a spiritual gobbledygook or motivation. It's, it's, it's simply a practiced way of changing the habitual patterns of your unconscious mind and conscious brain. Mm -hmm. And these four exercises are very interdependent and how they weave in doing exactly that. You I, can we give her 150 kilo uh, of one thousand? <laughs> <laughs> oh hell. You know what? Just give me a million. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're feeling generous today. But wait, what's the fourth pillar? Yeah. So the fourth the fourth pillar is uh, review your direction. And it's, I mean, it's very self-explanatory in the title. It really is the, the process of every single day reviewing your direction of your goals or intentions, however you choose to look at them, where you're going, and every day calling that into mind and reflecting on it in different ways, right? It could be anything from thinking about it, like, how am I going to feel when I reach this goal? Why did I set this in the first place? Things that have happened in the process of achieving it, how far you've come. So it's really just the daily reflection of your direction so that you're constantly bringing it top of the mind. And like, let's face it, we all know how many people set goals and after day three or week three, the goal is, is forgotten because we're not bringing it to the top of the mind and we're not tending to the negative language that might be surrounding it or imagining our outcome or counting our wins. So the goal gets lost and it gets forgotten. And, you know, one of my favorite things that people always tell me about review the dire- your direction is that they're like, oh, you know, it sounds redundant, though, what I wrote yesterday and what I wrote today. And I was like, yes, it should be redundant because it's the process of embedding into your unconscious mind the repetition of where you're going, why you're going there, what it's going to feel like, why am I moving in this direction, that constantly reaffirms and solidifies the reconstruction of the unconscious mind. Isn't it so true? Repetition is the mother of skill. And if self-awareness slash mindset is truly a skill acquisition, then these pillars are critical for people's success. And what's so funny is that, you know, we don't go to the gym once and then, you know, expect to be able to run a five minute mile at the next time we do a 5k. It's like we get on that treadmill every single day. We do power walks. We increase, you know, the, the, what is it called? I've been on treadmill in so many years. I'm a slow 
natural. But the point is, is that we don't expect immediate results overnight, but yet we do with so many other of our outcomes. A hundred percent. You're amazing. You know, you can't see our faces, but if you could, you could see the smile on my face because you literally just used the example that I was going to use that I always <laughs> use. I, you know, I, it's such an amazing thing in our society. There are certain things that we deem as acceptable for repetition. School. Mm, yes. Nice learning, learning how to ride a bike. You know, there are a thousand things teaching a child how to walk. We accept that a child's going to walk and fall down and walk, you know, like that's the process. But when it comes to mindset and your emotional <laughs> development, we, we have not yet embraced the fact that repetition is just as key. And it doesn't, you know, because there's a funny, there's this, this funny scenario, right? If you are unhappy or if you're not achieving what you want, well, that clearly means you're a failure. So that just reinforces the negative story. So we don't talk about it openly. We don't accept ourselves for that failure and that repetition as a valuable part in the process. And if we could all just sink into that and recognize that we need to practice the four, four pillars every day, we will yield such greater success and happiness for ourselves. And there's a lot of science to that. I mean, you know, Carrie and I teach this to our, to our customer base, our tribe, our audience as well. There, there's a long-established reality of learning anything. It's, the, it's called the four phases of learning. But if you're to use riding a bike as a backdrop, we start off unconsciously incompetent, meaning we don't really know what we don't know. I see my older brother whizzing around on a bike, and all I have as a frame of reference is the visual of watching him do it. So I assume I can do it too. I ask for a turn. It's the first time I'm getting on a bike. The second I get on it, I recognize immediately the balance, instability, the confusion, and I fall off. I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't realize there was more to it than, than what my eyes made me believe. But that knowledge alone means that now I know, I'm aware, I have more to learn. And that puts me in the second phase of learning, which is called um, unconsciously incompetent. And what that means is that now I'm aware that I don't know how to ride a bike, but I don't know how to start learning. I don't really understand the process of it all yet. And the reason I'm bringing this up is the key to that phase of learning is failure. Mm. You, anyone listening is going to relate to this. You got on the bike, your mom or dad held the, 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 the seat and kind of walked or ran beside you to keep you balanced. And as soon as I let go, you fell off. Mm. Now you have two choices. Never get back on the bike again or get up, dust yourself off, and try it again. The only way to, to learn to ride a bike is to get up and keep going. And just the mere practice of doing that, you vault into the third phase of learning, which is conscious competence. And you guys remember this phase. It was the one where now you can actually ride the bike, but only if you were consciously concentrating the entire time. You had to make sure you were steady, and if anyone called or distracted you or you looked away, you were sure to fall, mm. right? But then a little bit more practice, a little bit more practice, and you end up at the fourth and final phase, which is unconsciously uh, competent. Now you can ride a bike just like your big brother. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to work hard to do it. It's just part of your very DNA now, mm. but all because it started with you not knowing what you didn't know, you falling off and failing, but you keeping going until the practice and the routine and the habit made it unconsciously competent 
in your central nervous system. And that's the science of it all. Mm. You know, and I just want to add to that because I think that, you know, I love it when you unlayer those four layer levels because it really demonstrates to us if you think about if you think about the personal development industry, what do we what do we what are we currently kind of you know provided? We're provided a lot of processes that bring us into awareness, right? They bring us to the breakthrough, which is level two, right? Now you're you're aware, so you you come into level two, but. All the programs that this experience, a lot of the stuff that we've seen bypasses the third level of awareness of conscious competence and moves us straight into adaptation where we have the expectation that now that we've had the breakthrough, well, I, I have the breakthrough that the reason I'm self-sabotaging and I'm eating junk food is because, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then we have the expectation that we can just move immediately into adaptation and change the behaviors. But that third stage is critical the conscious competence and the repetition and the being always mindful and the practice is really what yields the, the consistent behavioral and adaptive change, but we're bypassing it. There are so many people right now, you know, out in the industry who are bypassing the most essential phase and society at large doesn't do us any favors because we're all about immediate gratification. So nobody really wants to hear that you got to practice. You know, you got to practice what you need to do in order to get the success you want. Totally. There's a couple of things I want to unpack really quickly. When I think about, you know, what everybody really wants is to get to the point where they're unconsciously competent, but then they're also practicing that fourth pillar if those are in order. And as an adult, right, it's, we're so hard on ourselves and it's why we don't step out of the unknown, the unfamiliar, the comfort zone, which we're so desperate to break free from. And it's why we go to all the personal development programs around the world. Um, but as you're reviewing your direction and if you weren't perfect, and as a recovering perfectionist, I really relate to that. Or if you failed in any way, or someone said something negative, or you got a side eye from so-and-so, then we we withdraw, right? And then we're like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm just going to stick to what I've always done. And I'll just find some sort of happiness in this life, this marriage, this job, this weight, um, with, you know, with, with no regard for this is the atrophied muscle because who we really are is free and pure, right? You've mentioned this already three times in this very brief chat, but it's like bridging, bridging that gap from the breakthrough to true integration. That's where you guys come in. And that's what I love about what you're up to. So how would someone have, there's no Insta fix and that's not what this podcast is about, but where's the access to that? Like, how do we really unpack that for inst for instant takeaways that people can apply to their lives right now? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm going to let you chime in as well, Brian, but to be honest with you, we, Thanks, we, <laughs> we actually already gave you the answer. Um, those four pillars and the consistent daily practice of those four pillars without having the expectation of immediate change, but doing those four pillars every single day will yield an integrative change before you know it. Like it, 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 it unfolds as you're going through the process. I'll, I'll go one step farther, just in so far as um, maybe even more simplicity. Yeah. Um, you know, I want count your wins. If anyone's listening, want to do one thing and one thing only. Right. And that's all they want to do. And they, they get it. They have to practice. They understand that now. We've, we've drilled it into them. They get it. But they don't want to spend 25 minutes doing all four exercises. Just give me one that's going to take three minutes, then count your wins. Yep. Now, there's a great book 
<clears throat> it's called Buddha's Brain. And it was written by a couple of professors at Stanford University, if I recall uh, correctly. And they did a lot of like um, anecdotal and scientific information that helped explain how much over the years the human brain has evolved as a very negative instrument. We are constantly on guard, constantly worrying. And these, these are synaptic connections that form and permeate. And if they go unchecked, they just become our reality. So what counting wins does is it can literally change your brain. It can change the synaptic connections. It can change the way our neurons fire. And it's not, and Carrie already said this, it's not about counting gratitudes or stating positive affirmations. And I'll go one step farther as to say, there is a lot of research that shows positive affirmations and counting gratitudes can actually cause a lot more harm mm. than they can help because you create this cognitive dissonance. Like when you don't feel grateful, but you're trying to convince yourself you are, right. or when you don't, you know, you don't believe that you're a good person or a happy person or uh, a successful person, but you're trying to drill into your conscious brain that you are. You can create a cognitive dissonance between it and the unconscious mind if those stories collide. Mm. And there's a lot of research that has shown that in the last decade. Counting wins is different. It's real time. Tangible. It's based on facts. It's real time and based on facts. So every night before you go to bed, take out a pen and a piece of paper, spend five minutes recalling your day, and simply write down everything that you did that day that was proactive in an affirmative way to the, to the direction that you want to go with your life. It's, it's funny because people are like, well, I want to lose weight and I have three and a half donuts. What's the win there? The win? You didn't have four donuts. I was That's just going to say, I would have never left a half a donut on the plate. That's a win. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the, I'm telling you, man, that's the Psychology, one. yes. Yeah, five minutes a day, count your wins. You will start to change the literal landscape of your brain, which will in turn change the perspective at which you see yourself and the world at large every day. And of course, we know that when, well, so many of us know, when we change ourselves and start to integrate into who we really are underneath all the bullshit, then we start to see others as the same. And it just becomes like this beautiful, you know, existence with humanity. Um, okay, I need to unpack how it all started because you guys didn't start here. In fact, when I look at your website, I'm like, wow, you guys are so transparent. I love you. I mean, I read something about, you mentioned at one point you were too depressed both of you, two depressed people, almost bankrupt, lonely self-help junkies. <laughs> um, and Brian, I mean, you've got a background. I mean, it's written about that, you know, you attempted suicide. I'm just going to just segue deep here. Um, four different times and Carrie battling clinical depression for over a decade. And the fact that you guys are where you are now, how did you bridge that gap? How did you evolve into who you are now as sought after speakers around the world and collaborating with some of the biggest companies and organizations that have these missions that you guys are aligned with? It's just, it's truly remarkable. And it goes to show that anything is possible when we get our mindsets right. Yeah, mindset really does matter most. It's the linchpin. It makes everything else work properly. I, I love that last statement. Um, do you mind if I start? Of course not. So, you know, let me say this, and this is not meant to be cynical or, or anything remotely negative, but there was, a, there was a very strong reason Carrie and I chose to be incredibly uh, open and vulnerable and real, uh, both in our live stream, on our website. We've told all the stories. 
here's why. We, we know a lot of people. We're very well connected, as you've just stated. We, we do work with a lot of high-end people and companies. And we know uh, the behind the scenes of people's lives, you know, better than most. And I think Carrie and I just had a very um, visceral disdain for the constant bullshit that was carrying on the self-help industry. Like, I, I don't think anyone needs to project themselves as broken and desperate, but, but there is a nonstop onslaught in the self-help world uh, of, of the leaders and the experts uh, claiming shit about themselves or teaching shit to people that they aren't at all. And so we just wanted to go the other direction. We wanted to be real. Uh, I was clinically depressed for 10 years. I did attempt suicide twice. I was near bankrupt once on my own. Carrie and I were near bankrupt once as well. Uh, it, it, we, you know, we had two cars at one point, and we had to sell one of them just so we could pay our mortgage and buy groceries that month. Mm. Uh, we've seen life uh, as bad as it gets. And I'm going to tell you what saved me uh, as, as blatantly and honestly as I can. Um, and it, it starts with just a definition of something. Carrie and I have always taught that spirituality to us is defined as the journey of discovering yourself. We don't attach religion to the word spirituality, but we think that if you want to, you should. We don't deny that. But to us, you know, you talked about before connections, and we are all just one connected being trying to figure it all out and if you want to apply religion to that then that's beautiful but if you discover yourself you really get to know you on a deep level much deeper than than most of society just wants to give you a pill so you're not as sad as you used to be um, that's where power and freedom lies and that's how i changed my own depression i didn't take medication i didn't want to do therapies uh, i wanted to understand me and it didn't take too long for me to unpack and realize the game of it all, which is none of this shit's real. And I know that's, that might be way out there for a lot of people, but I would ask you, invest time in the Tao Jing. Understand Taoism and Confucianism and Buddhism. These are beautiful philosophies that really do a better job than I am of helping you realize how none of it's real. It's all just a perspective. It's all just a momentary look and how you're choosing to see the world, and it is a choice. And I didn't understand that at first, but the more I dove into it, the more I released to it. And that's the key to it all. And that's 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 what shook me of everything. I, I mean, I don't know the last time I was sad, let alone in the grips of depression. And that might have been an ambiguous answer, but honestly, that's that's what saved me. And I think that's half of what's formed some of the stuff we teach care absolutely yeah. well it, well hold on it was um it was slightly ambiguous but here's where i'll come in and just uh help it not be um you talked so it was very beautifully put and i get it in the abstract but was there a particular book or program or you know event that that was the immediate sort of portal for you of that gave you the aha of like wait, it doesn't have to be this way. These are just thoughts I'm subscribing to or whatever, you know, you would say about it. Was there something that triggered it for you? 
If I were to, to assign uh, a moment, it, it might have been several moments, but they, they really do conspire to the same thing. Uh, the book, The Dowdy Jing, uh, purportedly written by Lao Tzu, which is the foundation of Taoism, which is not a religion, but a philosophy, combined with my earnest interest many years ago in quantum physics. And I know those seem so unrelated, but they are unbelievably related. Yeah, no, they are. Yeah, what Lao Tzu was trying to say in, in a very short <laughs> synopsis of, of many things he said was that, um, you know, we are at our most true when we are connected to the universe that we inhabit, that, that we are part of it all, that we are not individual beings in it, but part of it all. And that is what quantum physics has shown indisputably over the last 20 years, that we are energy, and our energy is part of the greater energy of this universe. We are not separate from it. We are not separate from each other. We are not separate from the trees, nor the deer, nor the dogs, nor anything else. We are all part of this same energy, and that our, our nature is best displayed when we learn to align to it as opposed to resist it. And, and that was my moment. Beautiful. Now, see, there we got a very concrete, yet still sort of ethereal, esoteric um, um, response, but but my listeners totally get it. Um, Carrie, how about you? And I apologize, I got some of those things. Maybe I transposed some numbers um, when I was uh, pulling from various sites, but how, how, Carrie, do you think you got to the first steps of where you guys are now? And I know it's sort of ever evolving. You know, I was, gosh, it was such an interesting question. Um, you know, for me, I want to say that like, so, you know, I've been a clinical counselor for 20 years and um, I still can't believe that to be honest with you. <laughs> because years, you're only 12. <laughs> right? That's how I feel. But for 20 years and, um, you know, my, my whole world was, was all about serving others and, you know, just being on the front lines. So I, I didn't like really immerse myself in like the learnings of self-help until it was, it was probably until around the time that, you know, Brian and I got together because otherwise it was all just my educational background, but my moment, and I, I remember it so well. So it was, it was really an internal moment driven from feeling and, and I'm such a feeler. So it makes complete sense. You know, I had two young kids. They were four and two at the time. And I was driving into my driveway, coming home from a day of work. And I drove into the driveway and felt absolute dread. And it, like, I wanted to, to turn around and go away. And, and I, I realized in that moment that that's not the way I was supposed to feel. I, I felt such a sadness inside of my soul. Like, I, I felt dead. I, I really like, I just realized one day that I felt dead and that that pain for me was, was just not, it wasn't okay anymore. And so, you know, I, I, I realized, and then a conf, you know, my, my mom's words of like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're happy. Like the words of the people in my life who had been such role models to me were, are like, were my, my building blocks to, to be able to look at my life and say, you know what, I really am right now. I'm surviving. I'm not living. And that can't be okay. And so it wasn't a book and it wasn't a, it wasn't a, you know, a famous speaker. It was, 
you know, everybody from my life who had influenced me. And then the connection to allowing myself to feel the depth of despair that I was in that brought me to, you know, ending my marriage and really step. That was the first step for me to, to regaining. I realized I had lost so much of who I was and I didn't know myself anymore. And, and I think, so for me, I think it was the honest look in the mirror and admitting that I was really not where I wanted to be in my life and to take the responsibility to create change. I love that. And being unafraid to sit with those feelings and not bypass them, not numb out on them. Um, right. And, and just to really be super radically honest about like, I'm in pain, this sucks. And I'm pretty sure this is not how it's supposed to be. I, ha- I have a feeling there's more and I'm willing to investigate that. That's like that, that beginning of being, be, you were beginning to imagine your outcome. Exactly. Absolutely. 100%. Right. And then attaching the antithesis of what you are currently feeling to the outcome, which, you know, the outcome just represents an emotion, right? It's all about like how we think we're going to feel once we get there. So I always say, it's like, whatever you think the goal is going to give you start embodying that now, and you'll see that it will come to you that much quicker. Um, and there's so many ways to get there. I love your guys' system, this four pillar system, but I also love learning how looking back as we connect the dots with, you know, the, the benefit of hindsight being 2020, I can see in both of your stories, how these four pillars were originated. Oh, a hundred percent. Right. Like you guys are living this from the inside out. And I personally think, I know people try to manufacture crazy stories behind the scenes, you know, the whole rags to riches thing, but, but that's what I love about this authenticity factor is that you guys really did have a crappy story because you were just addicted or even unconsciously addicted to some old stories. Absolutely. Yes. Well said. said. And then once we break free, we're like, you can't even relate to what you once believed that that wasn't I, it was an identity, right? It's like I was so addicted to dwelling there or indulging there, and now I'm like, God, why would I do that these days? But so many people aren't there yet, and that's what I love about this particular show is that we help to bridge it for them in so many different pathways, you know, in so many different types of bridges, and that's what I love about what you guys are up to. But now let's fast forward um, to what you guys are up to. So in a nutshell, um, there's so much that you guys do, including where your guest speakers and the programs that you guys put on and the daily show that you have on Facebook, the Monday through Friday. How do you describe what you guys do? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we, we've actually, uh, we've done a great- <laughs> sorry, that inspired a big, big exhale. Right. No. And ha- well, you know, we've, we've, we've been inspired to, uh, to consolidate a great deal recently. I think every business has to go through several evolution, evolutionary periods where you, you, uh, you know, you prune to grow essentially, and our business has been has been on fire for about uh, eighteen months now, globally. And uh, we felt a pruning was necessary. You got to understand, first of all, I think the first thing to say is that Carrie and I don't like to work. We're not big workers, right? Mm-hmm. We uh, we we spend a couple hours every morning doing you know tasks that you know are our job inside of of, of the Brian and Carrie Corporation, but. Uh, we're not big hustle and grinders. We don't advocate that lifestyle. Uh, we have an amazing team, all of whom are specialists and do amazing things um, that make our plate much easier to digest. Uh, but right now, we, we you know since you mentioned it, we've recently canceled our live stream show. 
we loved it. We loved every second of it. We uh, it was rave reviews. We had about a quarter million people watching around the world. Uh, but we felt as though that the best the best Brian and Carrie is live. I mean, live in person. And so now we uh, we have a tour that uh, we go around to a few different geographic locations. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know shit about that side of our business. That is all Carrie. I'm sitting here talking. I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about that part of our business for? So how about I shut up and let you finish that part? I'll, I'll finish that part. Yeah. So we, um, you know, we actually, as Brian was saying, we, we made some changes. Um, actually, rather recently, our, we finished our show in June. And we kicked off six months earlier than planned our, our live tour, which essentially is, you know, traveling around. We, we do, you know, free, free events and we do boot camp, one day boot camp events that are a full immersion experience. And we're, we're currently, you know, geographically local into, into a couple of different areas. Um, we, it's very new. It's, we're like three week, three months in. So we're focused on the Montreal and the Philly, Philly regions right now. And um, we love that. We love being live. We love being able to provide, you know, the the hands-on experience for people, which is is a lot of everything we just talked about today, and obviously more elaborate terms. So we have that, which is our our primary, you know, um, I guess our, our our primary avenue in so far as how we are out there really creating impact for people in their lives. Um, and then you can speak yeah. to the other lane. Uh, our chief operating officer is, uh, is, a, is a deliciously intelligent guy as it relates to business mechanics and engineering successful businesses. So, um, you know, we obviously, have, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but we, we have a certification that's called the Eliminate Your Limits Mindset Specialist Level 1 and Level 2 certification. So we certify people around the world in our process and methods. Uh, but our chief operating officer brought the, the notion to us somewhat recently, and I loved him for doing it. He's like, you know what? Let's stop certifying people because here's why. The coaching industry is the second fastest growing industry in the world, and yet it also has the highest attrition rate. Why? Because coaches love to help people. We are passionate about helping people, but we are absolutely crappy at running successful businesses. So he said, how about we stop just certifying people and we create a full-scale license where if someone wants to come into learning our methods and our system, they, they come into the entire thing. They, we have a team of people who basically co-create the business with you. You don't have to ever get good at the stuff that you don't want to get good at. What's a KPI? Uh, how do you check your Facebook ads? How do you know where the conversion percentage is at? Are. So why not just educate people into the best mindset system in the entire world and then give them access to our business development team that helps them co-create a very successful business where they're hands off most of the shit they don't want to be doing. Yeah. So that's the primary stuff that I do in business. Yeah, and I would be remiss if I didn't make mention of this because it's actually one of the one of like the heartbeats of our company is we actually have very recently, as of the last six months, turned our, our entire certification curriculum into uh, a high school curriculum. We, it's uh, the Self-Aware Leadership Program, which is a curriculum that is designed to basically help teenagers acquire the skill of self-awareness. Um, it's sadly missing in, in schools. And so we are, you know, very excited about the launch of that. We're in final stages with, um, 
you know, some schools that are, we're working with on it, but our, you know, plan is to get that into as many schools. Um, we're, we're very honored to be doing some work with the uh, Alice Cooper Teen Rock Center down in Phoenix, Arizona. Big shout out to them because they're amazing. Um, just really, you know, in, you know, providing the younger generation with the tools that they need so they don't have to experience um, what so many adults are experiencing today. Yeah, and I, I should add, we we, uh, we wish we could talk more about it. We we have a couple very big name, um, celebrity oriented partners that were just in the final stages of organizing uh, things with that we can't divulge, but um, uh, things are about to go crazy <laughs> in the best way. You're about to level up, and and you mean like with the kids with these celebrities, or are the celebrities and doing other projects as well? A little bit of both, actually. Oh, awesome. All of the above. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will definitely stay tuned. And then I'm going to have to circle back with you. It sounds like in like six months to have a 2.0 conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. And then I saw that you guys are speakers at the genius network events. And for those listening who aren't aware, um, I mean, that is pretty much one of the Holy grails of, of a panel to be asked to speak on. How did that come about? Well, you know, we've known Joe, Joe Polish, who runs Speaker, speaker uh, pardon me, Genius Network for some time. Um, and just to dispel, if anyone's uh, uncertain, Joe is a class act. He, he's a better person than he is a businessman. And that's saying something because he's ridiculously intelligent in business. Uh, but we, we really were proud to, to join Genius Network. It's a great organization full of nothing but wonderful world-class people. And uh, one of the things that drew us to Genius, to be honest, uh, was that Joe, as the leader, uh, spends as much time talking to its members about their health, their wellness, uh, Mm -hmm. their priorities in life. As you, you know, you join something like that, you expect to be all about tactics and business and marketing. But Joe mandates that half of what we talk about in our masterminds, our priorities related to health and wellness and relationships, et cetera. So uh, when he found out that Carrie and I you know, were mindset people, he said, great, then, then get on stage because you need to tell and teach what it is you guys do to all these high-end entrepreneurs. Well, that's just really incredible to hear. I love that. Um, And, you know, you bring up such a good point. I have a coach, and I think that everyone should have a coach, um, especially if they're out there, you know, wanting to make an impact. Um, But my coach said after 30 years of being like a top, top, top master coach, he's like, Michelle, I spend 3% of my time talking to people about their goals. He's like, really, we prime their mind, their state, their supreme certainty, which would go back to these pillars and imagining your outcome, right? Getting you into that mindset. He's like, the goals, they just end up happening or they shift, you know, seismically because what they once thought they wanted is now too small. And I'm like, oh, yes, I want, I want to be a part of that. Could not agree more. Right. And, but see, and this is where so many people get messed up. It's like, okay, so, you know, you talked earlier about the whole personal development industry and the white space that you guys are uh, properly filling, which is bridging that gap, right? From the breakthrough to blast off, to integration, to actually living it. And, and really it's like embodying the feeling that you had at that event and then being held accountable to that in a like-minded tribe, which is what you guys represent. And, and it's what I love that you guys are up to and now growing exponentially. So it's going to be amazing. And the fact, you're, the fact that you guys are bringing something like this to the kids and in schools, I mean, I'm just like salute you beyond words. Oh, you're the sweetest. 
No, um, I just, listen, it's facts. Um, <laughs> well, um, two more questions, and then I will let you guys get on with your amazing non-working life. <laughs> I want you to play and have sex and get back to what you were doing. Yes. Um, yes, right? Um, routines and rituals. Uh, outside of writing out your daily wins, which I really love that counting your wins thing, um, what are part of your routines and rituals that you guys do on a daily that help you stay optimized? Oh, love the question. Do you mind if I go first? You may go first. <laughs> awesome. Right awesome. here. It's really funny. Yeah, I well, was just talking about this today. It's, <laughs> it's a cool thing. We uh, we teach something uh, in one of our courses that's straight from the Tao Te Ching, and it's called the theory of four steps down. And what the theory basically says is that everything you just said, really, which is when our mindsets are connected, our goals kind of just take care of themselves. When we are connected as a human being, uh, everything in life just flows with effortless ease. That's one of the central themes of Taoism is called Wu Wei, the art of effortless or the art of not forcing. And so, you know, what we teach is find your connecting points. What do you have to do ritualistically every day to maintain your connection to the Tao or to God or to the universal source or whatever you want to call it, really? So the six things that I do every single day is I have to fuel my body with the right foods. And that's not an aesthetic thing. Uh, I've learned that although I love pizza, when I eat it, I feel like shit. And I'm mentally foggy. And I'm lacking creativity. That's what self-awareness gives you. It gives you the ability to see the 1% intangibles that add up over time. So number one is I always fuel my body with foods that nourish me well. Number two is I have to move every day. Now, I'm a competitive power lifter so, and carries a fitness model, so we are very serious about our athletics. But even on days we're not training robustly, we live in the mountains. We like to go for walks in the woods or go for hikes. Uh, moving every day is therapeutic for me. It's mentally creating for me. And so moving is my second pillar. Uh, third, we live in the country, and I, I call this connection port my country life. Uh, I, every day I need to be in nature. I don't care what the season is. I need to be out in nature, connecting with trees and grass or snow or rain or whatever it is. It really helps ground me and remind me that I am not a thing in this universe. I am very much part of this universe and all of that power is inside of me. The next one is our own four pillars. Every single day, Carrie and I do them together. So I journal every day with my wife and then we speak out loud about all the things we saw and felt in our own journaling time. Um, what's my next one? Action towards goals. Oh, you're good. My last one. What's that? Carrie Campbell's here for the win. I was just teaching it to someone. That's you're why I good. have it. <laughs> my next one is learning. I need to learn every single day. Uh, learning it gets my synaptic uh, connections going. It gets me creative. It gets me thinking. So I, I need to read or learn every day. And then lastly, I need to take actions towards my dreams. Uh, that's, that's a huge one for me. Even a small 20-minute burst of taking an action towards a, a goal <laughs> or a dream is, uh, is, is part of my connection port. So those six rituals are part of my day. I love that. And I love that whole 20-minute action burst. I think that as, as entrepreneurs listening to, because there's so many speakers, authors, and people who want to be in your position, that's who tunes in 
primarily. It's like, you can get so much more done when you're truly inspired, but you make it a burst, right? Just go, go intense, go deep, go narrow, and then have the whole rest of your day to do everything else that keeps you optimized. Well, it's like we're all cousins because that that is exactly the way we live. Well, what you just said, you're describing my dream life. I'm like, I want to look out my window and see real fall leaves. And, you know, I look out my window and I see the ocean, which is equally awesome. But, you know, I'm all about the whole not working hard, right? And it's not even really about working smart. It's just like be a business owner, not a business operator and do what you love. And then be be fully aware and celebrate and acknowledge that when you are getting to live the life of your dreams, to be grateful, right? Like for me, that kind of wraps it all up in one big, beautiful bow. But, but Carrie, how about you? Now that I know that you're all ready. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It's literally on my paper in front of me. You know, I I just want to add that because I think that this is really important and it's interesting because I was just teaching this to uh, clients of mine who are a couple. And the point that I was making to them was that you guys need to build your individual lists because, you know, we often pick up, I mean, I mean, there's like a thousand books out there on, you know, the morning routines and evening routines and et cetera, et cetera. But oftentimes what you're provided with is a very generic list of do this. You need to read every day. You need to do this every day. You need to do that every day. And, you know, I always like to say, but maybe not because, what connects Brian to effortless living and what connects me to effortless living are not necessarily the same things, you know? So it's really about what gives you that, like that, that feeling of connection. So for me, some of ours are the same, but some of them are very different. Um, I feel connected in a given day when I am, when I'm, when I am nourishing my body and movement and good foods, like that one is, you know, Brian and I are very similar in that. So whatever kind of movement that means and and good quality foods, you know, that's a given. Um, The second one for me, which I think a lot of people would look at this as a very superficial level thing, but it's really getting ready for the day, you know, um, making sure in the morning, and you know, entrepreneurs out there who work from home, you know how easy it is to slip into your pajamas and not take a shower, et cetera, et cetera. And for some people that works, but for me, I actually am like, I am just like at a higher frequency when I am ready for the day. So when I shower, when I do my makeup, when I get dressed, when I feel good inside of my body, I am able to just stay connected throughout the day much more harmoniously. Um, The next one for me is actually a touch, which sounds so weird. Mm -hmm, (laughs) No, it doesn't. um, me, me touching or being touched. So I am, you know, anybody's familiar with the love languages, uh, love, touch is one of my, one of my major love languages, but you know, whether it's Brian touching me and hugging me and being physically connected to me, or, you know, we have two, we have two dogs and honestly I could sit and I could pet my dog for 20 minutes and it is like a completely meditative place. And I, I notice on days where I'm not in as much touch and connectivity with others, I, I just, I, I'm zapped of that energy and that connection point. Um, my other one is um, connection to people. You know, I am, a, I am a people person. So whether it's daily connection with my clients or connection with friends or connection with people we're collaborating with, just being in the flow of human connection 
is really a place where my mind tends to go and I, and I, and I act on it as well in communications and stuff like that. And then of course, the final one for me is the, what we recall, what we call fifth pillaring, which is our journaling together. We probably spend about 90 minutes a day immersed in our four pillar process and talking to each other about it, which only amplifies the, the, the vivid nature of it coming to life. So those are the five things for me that we, uh, I make happen every day. That's beautiful. I totally relate to the love language um, of physical touch. And I, and I have a dog myself. And I mean, sometimes I'll like 20, 30 minutes goes by and we had a date, you know, it's like he jumped up on the bed. We spooned, I caressed him, you know, like, or we sleep belly to belly. I'm very single right now. Um, (laughs) But still I tell him all the time. I'm like, you know, one day there is going to be a man like right here. Maybe you'll get a side of you. You will get a lot of love, but there's got to be more of us. I love that so much. Now, um, you guys are just so awesome. And I want to circle back to you. Like, I want to be friends. Like, let's hang out. Um, (laughs) In addition to that, um, how would both of you define fulfillment? Because that's really what this podcast is all about. It's just for everyone to get just a better sense of what's possible, right? Just like how you use that example that was so beautiful, Carrie, of driving up to your house. You know, you've got young kids and a marriage that's not working. You're just feeling sadness. And that's just not working. You're like, it's got to be something else. So that's what this really this podcast is all about it's to get to the other side so how do you define it yeah i got mine i got mine too oh let me go first sure i play i've been playing with this um you know for me it's kind of an end around because i think fulfillment from a tangible standpoint could come in you know it comes in so many different ways right but i really think that fulfillment is found when we have an understanding of self a true understanding of self, of what drives our actions, of where our mindset is, um, of the ability to control reactions, understand reactions, and navigate life, therefore, as effortlessly as possible, because that understanding of self is so deep and so profound that, you know, it you know, we, we're in control. We're in, we're in the driver's seat. And that, that then brings anything else that you want. In, in suit of that. Well said. God, that makes me want to cry. I got a little teary because it's like, really? What you're saying is like falling in love with yourself because who we really are, why, why wouldn't we be in love with that person? So Absolutely. True. Right? Underneath all the bullshit. And when you're there, then you're no longer battling the inner critic, the ego, all of that. And you're just good with what is and you're completely fulfilled in any given moment. Mm, exactly. So God, that was so fucking powerful. Well, good luck on um, beating that one, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I don't think I will. I think uh, I'll, just, I'll try and say it this way. Um, so first of all, you have to understand that, you know, my wife is an incredibly intelligent, well-educated clinical counselor. And I have a PhD in pastoral counseling, as you could probably tell by how much I talk about the Tao or Buddhism. I could talk about that. So, you know, it was a, a labor of passion to go to school formally for that stuff because of how much I love it. And so we can spin forever about spirituality and quantum mechanics, but I've been asked this question many times, what is fulfillment? And I've learned to answer it by helping you understand what it's not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because people listening likely have never felt truly fulfilled, or if they have, it was fleeting. But what, 
most people do feel every single day of their lives in some part of their lives is completely stuck. Mm -hmm. So what is fulfillment? It's the opposite of stuck. Oh, flowing. God, that's so good. Because people relate. Yes. They know what it feels like. It's hard to tell people or explain what something feels like that they're not as familiar with feeling. But most people feel stuck with their weight, with their bank account, with their relationships, with their happiness, with their businesses, with, you know, how they look in the mirror. People relate to feeling stuck. So what does fulfillment feel like? It feels the exact opposite of that. God, that's so good. And what's great about that is that it can measure it as a human. Yes. Right. And like that could literally become one of your wins as you're reflecting on your day of like, oh, wait, there were like six moments today when I was flowing or when I wasn't getting caught up in being stuck. And if I could just focus on expanding that, right, imagining more outcomes in that world instead of the bullshit world. Oh, my God, that's so good. Both of those together. I mean, they just they go together like PB and J. High five. Please high five. Yeah. (laughs) Yay, high five. Yeah, naked with chocolate and wine still in tow. (laughs) There is that too. But thank you, guys. And where can we find you? So you got a lot going on. There's a lot of shifts and you guys are leveling up. But in the meantime, uh, where can listeners find you to see what you're all about and, and engage with you? The best place would probably be on Facebook. So um, it, Brian and Carrie, that's our Facebook page. Um, and also over on Instagram, our uh, handle over Instagram is your mindset experts. So Which each I love. one of those places, you know, we're there daily in some way, shape or form and they're active on messages and stuff like that. So people can connect and, you know, get answers or feedback or insights or whatever the case may be. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely make sure that we include that in the show notes. And honestly, you guys both rock. I feel like it's a Friday. I don't know what it is about this conversation, but I'm like, it's Friday. (laughs) That's that's the feeling of this. It feels very celebratory and fun. Although every day is Friday when you're an when you're an entrepreneur, isn't it? This is true. I agree. Well, thank you very much for sharing your amazing mindset, your life, your backstory, your love, your passion for getting after it. And I am going to apply the four pillars to my life starting immediately. And I I have a strong feeling many, many listeners will be doing the same. So thank you guys so much. I bow to you both. Oh, thank you so much for having us. It was our pleasure. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.